Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkie. I'm a writer, actor, and devoted fan of Sex and the City and And Just Like That. And I've spent so much time and energy fervently defending the show that I couldn't help but wonder, should I do a podcast about this? The answer, of course, is no, but And Just Like Matt is more than a podcast. It's a faith-based community with a shared mission to bring back Samantha full-time. And it's also a call to action. It's a plea because I'm begging you just like me. Come on, you know you want to. And maybe after you give this episode a listen, you will. Lovers, welcome to the show. Before we get started, reminder to send us your voicemails to andjustlikematt at gmail.com. We will play them on the show. And don't forget to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please. Okay, we are going to be unpacking episode 10 of And Just Like That Season 2. It's uh, The Last Supper Part 1. This episode was a lot of things, but it was uh, also our gayest episode to date, which is saying a lot and which brings me to my guests. Um, Much like Charlotte says about Sam Smith, they both use their identity and their art. Um, First up, he co-founded Necessaire and Courtney Cox's brand Homecourt, and he co-hosts the podcast Eyewitness Beauty. Let's put the welk in welcome to Nick Axelrod Welk. Hello. I am, I'm so excited to be here. Um, this is what I was born to think about and talk about. I'm so happy you're here. And we are also joined by a very special gentleman. You've seen him on shows like You and 911. I almost said 911. And you've heard him on the podcasts Ask Rana and Attitudes. Even though we didn't meet until much later, we did go to college together although you wouldn't know it because he is an ageless angel. Brian Safi, thank you for being here. Matt, I love seeing you. I did not know about the Necessaire connection, I have to be honest, because you know that's the shampoo I use. I'm obsessed with Necessaire. Every, really? Every it, it, single, been, the shampoo and conditioner are amazing. Amazing. And I can say that because I didn't develop those products, oh, um, but they're incredible. incredible. No, I, I did. I mean, I it's, it's, it's all part of my your baby brand. in yeah. a way. But. I'm obsessed with it. As am I. Have you guys ever met before? I don't think so. I know who you are, no. but I, I don't think we've ever met. I know who I know who yeah. you are. I feel like I'm watching the sausage get made here. Your both of your voices are often my accompaniment on drives to and fro various places. Well, you're in my hair every day. Oh, I love it. This is a real meeting of the minds. So give me a quick overview of your spiritual connections to the original Sex and the City. Brian, what's your origin story there? Yeah, I mean, I think I watched them as they were coming out. Maybe you did too, Matt. I, I can't remember if you were already in New York or not. I might have just gotten yeah, to New York. Yeah, it was during college. Right. So I was watched every week. It was appointment television. I loved it. Um, I loved especially this, the points in the series where Carrie got kind of unlikable when she was cheating. Loved it. 
It was so cool. I'd never really seen that in a lead character on like a comedy before. That was really cool. And um, saw both movies. Um, loved the second one for probably not the right reasons, but I loved it. And then um, I have had some trouble with season one of and just like that. I'm all, listen, I will. I hope it gets picked up for a back 1,000. I will watch Same. these ladies until the train shuts down. My own train or theirs or anybody's, truly. But I will say this, and maybe this is because I've been out of the television loop for a minute because I've been out of town. I actually thought the last few episodes, including this one, have been the most sex in the city to me. I've actually really Absolutely. enjoyed the last couple of them. I mean, I like them all. I like them all. But the last couple felt familiar in great ways to me. And they felt light and fun and cute. Agreed. Nick, where are you? So I feel like the most important thing you have to know about me as it pertains to Sex in the City is that my husband um, has never seen an episode what? of Sex in the City. <laughs> and when I found this out, you know, I probably like six months into dating, I was determined to get him to watch you know he was like well i've seen the movies and i was like no, i mean i don't what? even that's oh, not God. that's yeah so he was raised mormon and was not watching mtv let alone hbo i was i think a senior in high school when sex in the city or would i i think i was either a senior or junior in high school and i watched it in the basement of my house with my dad i remember <laughs> Um, which was sort of awkward. I also saw Election, the movie with oh, my wow. parents, which was, if you remember, yes, there's some scenes sure. there that you don't want to remember. But just thinking, you know, six months into my, you know, would-be longest relationship and love of my life uh, relationship that, like, would we have anything in common if he hadn't seen it? And if he, you know, if he were to never see it because he didn't seem like he was all, at all interested in sort of going back and re and watching it anew um you know would it would it work we have i mean we have two you know 10 years later we have two kids so it works it works well enough but there it was it was so important to me it was it was fantasy it was escapism it was wanting to be all of them and have all of their clothes and i, I just remember how funny it was and how well written it was and it's interesting to see how the characters have evolved and how they interact in with, I would say with 2023. Yeah. Which is sort of what I'm like, my, my biggest takeaways are always like just watching them exist in the contemporary world versus like the 1999 through 2004 or whatever yeah. the original one was. And Casey's not watching it just like that without having seen he the is. show. Yes. He is? Yeah. I don't, I cannot even and imagine just, what uh, someone would think is going on if they just saw it just like, because in some parts so of the story, like a television show. Yeah. Yeah. A sweet, a sweet Mormon, I think just takes things for, you know, for what they are, you know, like at face value. And he's just like, this is something that my husband is really somehow sweet. attached to and it's entertaining. Um, it reminds me somewhat of, do you remember, like, this is probably 10 years ago at this point there was an interview with Miley Cyrus and she was talking about her favorite TV show. Mm -hmm. And someone asked her what her favorite TV show was. And she said, sex in the city. And she was like still on Hannah Montana. And the interviewer said, but you're not old enough to watch sex in the city. And she was like, well, I watched it. I watched it on E. Right. Yeah. And that really, that really affected me because that I mean like to watch sex in the city without the sex. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and is the swearing to not really. And... Yeah, it's it's we're watching two different shows, and I will say, if you watch Sex in the City on E, and then in just like that, you would never have thought Samantha was even a character. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> right. I'm sure they just cut her out entirely. That's very true. That's on the, the E version, Samantha edit. Yeah. It's all really upsetting and triggering, and I'm—I don't know—you might have heard me say this that Kim has blocked me um, on Instagram. And I did hear that. It's horrible. It's—it's it's unfortunate that I'm doing a show that's basically a love letter to her. Right. Um, yeah. She, she don't want it. I guess is the moral of that story. Um, I mean, I must ask if you identify Brian as a, a Carrie, a Samantha, a Che. Well, I will say my, I mean, you want to talk about a major shift from who I identified on Sex in the City because half of these, all of these characters are basically unrecognizable at this point, except there's still something there. I would have said in Sex in the City, for good or better or for worse, I was in Miranda for sure. I would say Sarah Jessica Parker is actually knocking out of knocking it out of the park in and just like that. And any Agreed. point where I thought that Cynthia Nixon was knocking it out of the park in terms of any sort of realness she was bringing to the series originally is all Sarah Jessica Parker now. There is just something about her whimsy that really and it did the first time around, but really lands for me in this series that I'm surprised by. Because I didn't feel it as much in the first season of it just like that, but I'm feeling it now. And maybe it's because her stakes aren't so high of like having just, you know, found her husband in the shower. Maybe it's just a little lighter in general. But to me, she's knocking it out of the park. And I I couldn't imagine who else I could relate to in this. But I, I still love them all. But I guess Carrie. Same. Nick, what about you? I would say that I identified with Carrie the most because it, she was sort of the the person whose emotional life you understood the best. Um, I think that I've, we, you know, you guys have talked about on the podcast, like we were now getting deeper into characters that are not related, directly related to Carrie or like directly interacting with Carrie, which I think is, is interesting. Um, Seema's the breakout, as we know, yeah, she's sort absolutely. of the Samantha surrogate in a way um and i think that she shows a lot of promise like you you want to be with her you want to hang out with her it feels like their relationship is real um and she in this series i'm sort of like all about her fabulous life and her outfits and her birkin and her job and her office i've never seen a real estate agent with an office like she has i'm with you i mean it's interesting that we're the thing that we have i think all been craving so much is like just sit all of these new characters down with the old characters. Why? Like, it's been withheld for such a long time. We're obviously building toward that with the Last Supper. Well, three episodes ago, do you remember when like it was the final scene and it was a voiceover from Carrie and they all did sit down at like a New York City restaurant for dinner, like as like the music swelled. I think maybe all three the girls. of them, but plus Seema. We haven't had one with all the girls yet. Did we not? Like with everyone, sure? like Karen Naya, Pippen. Lisa, Seema, I, everybody? Yes. We've had some. We've had different combos, s- but we haven't done them all together. We've had Naya and LTW with them. Maybe that was it. Maybe they were missing one or two, but it just felt like a hug when you get that moment where it's about friendship. Yeah. Because also. And actually, wasn't in that this the other? episode, That's I felt right. that too. When they were like that moment, actually, when Charlotte says something like she picks up the phone. I can't remember the conversation, but she said, um. I, that, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And Miranda goes, and we don't want to hear about it or whatever. It was mm-hmm. so good. And I thought, I just felt like 
a huge, gorgeous shawl had just been wrapped around my entire body because I was like, oh, this is what I love. This is what I'm here for. And, and, and those yeah. table scenes are, can be so magical on that show, even with new characters. Agreed. And I mean, and I've been complaining. I, I will just say I've been complaining on this podcast every week that I want a big table scene with everyone. And it seems that there our prayers will be answered next week. Yeah. Well, they say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To get your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is the app that's helping millions of Americans feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. Earn In empowers you to live life to the fullest by providing up to $100 a day of your pay within minutes of earning it, no mandatory fees, and no credit check. You just watch your earnings tick up as you work, access up to $750 per pay period. It's easy and free to get started. You just add your bank and employment info. They'll verify your paycheck. It's designed to support you in the short term and long term. So download Earn In today. That's e a-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, just type in Just Like Matt under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Just Like Matt under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I think my favorite thing about being a podcaster and a comedian is I can just unload on people while I'm working. A video game makes me mad, break out angry at him. A heckler at a club gets under my skin, I give them both barrels and I let them have it. But everyone has their problems, and there's real life stuff that I can't scream at like a video game or a drunk audience member. And that's where therapy comes into play. A therapist is the best sounding board you can find. You can let them know what's keeping you up at night or weighing you down, and work together to come up with a plan to deal with it. I've been talking to therapists for years, not about video games, but, well, not usually. And it's genuinely had a positive impact on my life. And I know, I hears ya. Adam, that sounds great, but who has the time? That's where BetterHelp comes in. Instead of driving across the city looking for parking, waiting in that little room and losing a couple hours of your day, BetterHelp brings therapy to you. Their sessions are 100% online. You open your therapist's schedule, pick a session that works best for you, and talk with someone over video, phone, or even just text. I've personally used BetterHelp in the past, and it was hella easy. I actually talked to my therapist while I was on vacation a couple years ago. It was awesome. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Can I ask one more question? Please. Um, the car- the, I know that this is not as of this episode, but the wallpaper in Carrie's apartment mm-hmm. is new to and just like that, or did that happen in the Sex and the City movies? It's distractingly... You know, it's it's a it was a choice, but it feels I were it just feels dated. I agree. Dated. I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize it. It's like and it doesn't uh, feel like Carrie. The, the, it's that kind of it's like, like Beverly Hills Hotel anthropology. Yeah, more, it's really. like, a, like it's like yes, younger Beverly yes. Hills Hotel. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is anthropo. It's yeah. anthro. And then when she's moving into her new house, which is not an apartment, by the way, that's a house. That's called a house. <laughs> yeah. That is ridiculous which by the way of the outside i think is is shithole i i don't care what they say about the ironwork i thought it was hideous but the inside is obviously stunning is it really a house off of gramercy park 
Well, it I, I just it just has ha- it's like the windows and the doors seem yeah. like house and the yard, not, yeah. you know, apartment. <laughs> it's like two F. Like I don't think you know what I mean. But also then when she's making the bed and she picks those mauve sheets, mm-hmm. and I'm like you are just sort of like a girl in New York in a way, you know, like I hold you to this very high Pat field standard of being a trendsetter and sort of so marching to the beat of her own drum. But then there she is with the anthropology wallpaper and the, you know, the, Oh, when she was carrying her new sheets and her new blankets and everything into the apartment, she's talking on the phone to Miranda. I couldn't stop thinking about that. I was like the idea of her going to bed, bath and beyond. And then like, trying to fit a duvet into a duvet cover. Like I I don't ever want to see her do any of that, but somebody's doing it. I feel like Pat field and um, Kim Cattrall late at night, just call each other and say the wallpaper and cackle with their drinks. (laughs) I feel like they lose their minds with delight over that. Yeah, you're right. But so is it her form? It's Pat field's former assistant is now the is running she was her she like was left arm or right arm or whatever yeah yeah right yeah she worked on the whole show and i mean she's there, there have been some good fashion moments and, and just like that you gotta it's admit. the fashion is good yeah. it's just it's a way of putting things together that you know that it's just different yeah. maybe it's just different maybe it's not better or worse it's just change Wow, God. Well, and I will say also, in in addition with the fashion, I think what goes along with it is that in the original Sex in the City, you could go to those places. I wouldn't know how to find one of these places they go to in Manhattan. I've never walked by them. I think that was my veterinarian in in Chelsea. Oh, really? I went went to that veterinarian clinic in Chelsea, the one that Che and her boss. uh, By the way, Che's boss, a breakout. Love. Absolutely. Love Judy. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. Incredible. But yeah, I, other than that pet office, then I have yet to see one of those places in New York. Same. Does that just mean we're old and we don't know what's I, cool in New York I, anymore? Or it means they are like such new levels of rich that I could never possibly approach. It might be both. But yeah. also, they're older than us. That's the other thing that's comforting about this show is we're not watching a bunch of young people. No. You know, we're watching our futures. Which brings me to my next question, actually, because aging is such a through line in the show, you know, the way that it's represented, the way that it's talked about. And you both have clearly drunk from the fountain of youth. You're both skincare obsessives. (laughs) So I'd like for each of you to recommend one hero product that will save me from myself. Well, um, for me... I mean, it's just a, a retinoid. I do the Trentinoin 0.1% every night. Which one? I just get it from apostrophe because it? it's prescription strength. So I right. just I just get that. It's not very expensive and it's like an incredible ingredient. So I guess that would be my hero product. Which isn't right. very exciting, but yeah. But it's real. It's it, real. It is real. something, right? It is real. Nick, what about you? Um, I... I'm a big fan of very thick moisturizers at night. And I think that you're when you're sleeping, your entire body is like sort of recharging and regenerating and that, and that's science. Um, and I think that putting a really thick moisturizer on after a serum will like sort of set you up for success during that nighttime process mm-hmm. and moisture and like moisture is the number one thing. Like any makeup artist backstage, like the, they're not, you're not doing acids or retinoids to like make, you know, models look good for a runway. Like you have, you know, an hour max. 
you're doing just like intense moisturization, like eye patches and, you know, all that, anything just to like get moisture in there. So I think that's like the biggest thing. And dehydration is what emphasizes wrinkles. What's the brand? I mean, I use everything. I'm a bit of a Samantha when it comes to my skincare because I'm always trying everything new and different. So I am never, I'm not really, I'm loyal to a hair product and that's it. Oh, you're always holding out on me in this department. Can, but never, can I guess can what he uses? Down. It's got to be like Bader or La Mer or something like that. And that's why you don't want to say. I'll actually, though, I don't. I think maybe no. Nick's not uh, into the some of the more expensive products. Well, good. Am I right? I mean, no. or yeah, no. I'm not. I don't. I don't think they're worth. I mean, when when you work in the industry, you know that La Mer is made in Long Island, and that sort of really ruins everything. Yes, and that's and it ruins everything for you. And so I think now. I'll like figure out products that I like and then find dupes of them. Um, but really I just, I, okay. So actually my newest secret, it's not a secret, but my newest obsession is Dr. Orenreich is a doctor in New York city, Ready an old school dermatologist mm-hmm. office. And you, he, they have their own, he, I think he died. He helped develop the Clinique three-step system back in the day wow. with Estee Lauder. He still has this office, Ornreich Medical Group, OMG. They don't get the joke. And <laughs> they have an entire brand of soaps and cleansers and retinols and like crazy not street legal acne, like, you know, like spot treatments. And you can't buy it online. You can't buy it. You have to be a patient. Mm. So you basically have to pay, you know, $250 to have a phone consultation with someone in the office to then be able to buy for a year you can then buy the products direct from their office it's and their basic moisturizer their oil-free moisturizer um their like retinol cream their bar soap is incredible and they're very no frills no fragrance but there's some like not street legal things that they're adding to certain things like one of the products (laughs) says that it will it helps like uh, combat precancerous like areas of sun damage, and Seems I'm like, that dubious. doesn't sound like something you, can... right? <laughs> yeah, that you can actually claim. But you should um, get those instead of colonoscopies. Pay... Just use that moisturizer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, as a lube. Speaking of which, oh yeah, how do do we feel comfortable when Michael Patrick King, who is sort of my, he is my father, yeah. starts talking about gay sex. I, I'm more comfortable with him talking about girl sex. Straight, I am you know, with straight. you. It, it was kind of shocking it, to see. It was like your parents like, uh, making jokes. It's like Laura Bush telling I, you about it, it or something. Like it, it, it feels yes. so. Yes. I was like, go back. Go back to the. Go. Don't. I know. Don't be this inclusive. Don't include my people. I know. Actually. I don't know if it's self hating or need what, but like this table. the whole time I was just like, oh God. And then I thought maybe, because you know, he, in a wonderful way, he, he has no shame in these women have no shame about how they look because they look fantastic they're totally comfortable clearly doing nude scenes or nearly nude scenes and that scene with anthony and giuseppe basically turned me into a full practically an insurrectionist i mean it really really just took me all the way right I rewound the be- that beginning just to make sure who was the top, like who was on top and who was on the bottom. Like I was con- like, it's everything is under those like sil- a, sh- a silk sheet in this, you know, the mm-hmm. Sex and City universe. So I was like trying to, but then I figured, okay, Anthony's the top, 
Giuseppe is the bottom. Well, also the way they shot and, that was was awkward because they only yeah. showed one grunt and then Anthony got off of him. So it was sort of like, what just happened? Like, and also he was clearly yeah. not inside of him, which of course he would be, but but it was just it just seemed <laughs> like he was on top of him. He literally went, Ugh, and then got off. And it was sort of like I think even if we had a few more beats ahead of it, we might have liked it more. It just was like, uh. imagine those conversations with um, the standards and practices or whatever. Yeah, standards yeah. and practices, and on like negotiating how many grunts and how many thrusts yep. we can get away with. You know, to to still clearly establish, as we learned, Anthony is a top, has never bottomed. Warmer, sunnier days are a coming, and you are probably working on those wellness goals for summer. I know I am, and I am fueling up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. With 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, with Factor, you will always have new flavors to explore. And you know, when you support our sponsors, you support me and our show. So if you visit factormeals.com slash like Matt 50 and use code like Matt 50, you will get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription's active. So make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. You can stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And these are premium ingredients. I'm talking restaurant quality meals like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon. So head to factormeals.com slash like Matt 50 and use code like Matt 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code like Matt 50 at factormeals.com slash like Matt 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. How do we feel? How do we feel about that? Well, I guess Stanford bottom that does track we knew that without uh, knowing absolutely. it but did we also i guess Stanford to me was like a starfish always <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there was practically no effort but yeah and maybe that wasn't what their relationship was about but does that mean that we all kind of knew by default that anthony was a big top if i'm really being honest i'm really digging into my psyche and thinking about their old relationship i just rewatched sex in the city too when they get married and you're thinking about their relationship with their dad I actually think I would have guessed that it was the other way around. Me yeah. too. That Stanford was the top. Because it's like in my experience, the people that act like Anthony that are they're all bark and no bite and they just want to be dominated. penetrated mm, at yeah. the end of the day. Also, yeah. he's because so... like they're so dominant in their profession. I mean, building the business that he's built. Yeah. You know, from wedding planning to baking and one of the first things that he, he was attracted to. to with Giuseppe was the size of his dick I mean not to say that tops yeah. can't be attracted to that but he was so like drooling over it that I was sort of sort yeah. of surprised and all, but the real shock of course was the never I did think it was kind of an interesting conversation though I've never seen on television or anywhere a conversation about someone who's exclusively True. this or exclusively that so he said I'm not the woman right was so like that was Anthony's a little retro <laughs> So that takes us back about 50 years. <laughs> yeah, that was just a reminder that Anthony is, you know, in his mid-50s. And, yeah. you know, he lived through a different time than we did. But is he also saying things that like, we just are not saying, but that sort of deep in our psyches is like sort of what the whole top-bottom dichotomy is about? I th Maybe. For some people, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think our generation just has learned to use different like coded language around all of that stuff. But there's still a lot of 
bottom shaming and all of that. Are Italian greyhounds a lesbian dog? Great. I, I, if, yeah. I, I don't remember if this was brought up on the show, but if you're asking, I would say yes. Oh, it was because that woman that, that Miranda meets outside of the oh, UN yes. was like, I don't have any kids, but I do have a few annoying Italian, you know, like some. That was the one uh, thing we learned about reference. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, is that a clue? Yes, because to me, it means precision. You know what I mean? And it means someone who is elegant but cuts to it. And Yeah, it means I'm Jenna Lyons. <laughs> I don't fuck oh, around. She That's a did great have call. Jen- I mean, Jenna Lyons is an Italian. She for sure now, is. 100%. That she was that was very Jenna Lyons energy. She did have that. Oh my god, Miranda and Jenna and Jenna Lyons. That Ship it. would be a 100%. great hookup. You know, I just going back to the Anthony thing. I am happy that he's finding love, especially after the, we have to talk about the Stanford scene too. But <laughs> I do hope that at some point Giuseppe is just like, hey, I was totally kidding about that accent. I'm from Ohio. You know, it was a bit. I committed to it. It was too late. That's the one part of their relationship that I, I'm going to need them to negotiate. That would actually be a fair trade-off if Anthony's like, I will bottom you drop the accent. Drop the accent. Admit that your name is Tyler. I gotta say, uh, absolutely. And that I've definitely, I mean, I hope he like loads up Pornhub and is like, is this you? Because I feel like Giuseppe would probably <laughs> be like, absolutely. And he's just getting worse. But, um, but I do, I listen, anything is possible on this show. So I feel like that's none of this could be far fetched for where they could take it. You know what I mean? Can we, can they throw us a dick? Like, can we see this nine inch? Like it, we're on HBO, you know, two point. We don't even call HBO anymore. Max? It's Max. Do they show dicks on, I don't know. They Game definitely have show. They definitely must oh, I'm have. Sure, right? They must. I, you think I watched Game of Thrones? Right. Brian you famously. Think this bottom yeah. watched Game of Thrones? <laughs> Game of Thrones fan. You loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, known the as costumes, a tops I mean. only show. Yeah. That exclusively. I do have to say though, Anthony looks great. Marion Cantone looks fantastic. Oh my god, I was thinking, yeah, oh, he looks great, hundred percent. And the pressure, yeah, yeah to the show your ass that him, like that in your fifties, and and to look incredible. He looks fantastic. Agreed. This the Stanford scene between Carrie and Anthony, I thought was beautiful. I mean, I've been wondering how we're going to give him some kind of closure and. I don't know. I thought that was a, a moving tribute. He's, you know, a beloved character, beloved actor. And I feel like they really, when you hear them talk about Willie Garson, they really made him seem like he was an absolute angel, just like the loveliest, kindest person. So I, I, I'm sure in their eyes, they thought like, let's just give him the most respectful thing possible. This was a man who maybe asked for nothing. Who knows? But yeah. And that scene also did make me realize how much of this series is sort of shrouded in loss in a funny way. And maybe it's it's also the focus on getting older and these women getting older and experiencing loss in various ways. But like we're, we're all every single episode experiencing the loss of Chris Noth, the cancer, you know, whether lost by cancellation, heart attack, cancer. Mm-hmm. All, contract all negotiations all of the above but like it's the it's the it's the triumphant right it's samantha chris not you know big and and stamford and we're like and they all met very different all tragic fates that it, it just kind of made me realize like there is a there's some stuff hanging over yeah 
this show that 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 they're trying and very deftly sort of navigating. And it's rare that a show would be so beloved to begin with, really rare, that you would you would think like, how are they handing handling the loss of these characters? Like I was sort of even when I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but when people died off, it was a conversation for a week. But this is really like how are they going to handle it? Did they do it right? Are they being appropriate about it? I mean, you don't really get that on from television watching. You really don't. Even from Succession, I didn't feel that that same way. Yeah, you're so right. We're still we're still grieving, you know, Samantha especially. Yeah. So the Che stand-up sequence we have to address. And also the idea that Carrie is carrying on a relationship with all Miranda's exes. Miranda says like, oh, it's like you're like going on a tour of all of my exes. And it makes sense. It's like Carrie was friends with Che first. She has a long history with Steve. Steve's got history with Aiden. But what is your own personal policy, Nick, on being friends with exes? I thought I thought Carrie's response was like, they're my friends too, was like, I mean, it's not, you were not best friends with Che. Yeah. And now, and like Miranda, like now you're saying that she has to be at your like last dinner at your iconic apartment. Like, the, you know, and that sort of Miranda needs to like suck it up and do it. Like, I feel like that care, I couldn't see the same thing happening if the reverse, if it posted, if Ron Livingston showed up. You know, and right. Miranda's like going on a going out to drinks with Ron Livingston. I don't see <laughs> Carrie. Yeah, I'm like just inter. I'm I'm using real names and and stage names in you know interchangeably, but like I I don't see where the tables turned. Everything being as copacetic. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, it is a little weird that Carrie's not just like yeah, okay, Che doesn't have to come to my 16 person dinner party. And also, right, like not to her wedding, like to a dinner party. Yeah, I think I missed something in between Che being like the Hannah Gadsby of the Sex and the City universe to like working the front desk at a vet and sort of being down on their luck. And I used to be a performer kind of scenes. Like what happened? Did anything besides just like a canceled pilot happen that I missed that like caused this downfall? I've been asking the same question and it did seem to be primarily the canceled pilot and maybe some um, unfortunate financial decisions. But I think that it's, there's, there was also just an emotional decision to step away from stand up and knowing that it was going to, you know, uh, take a big, an even bigger bite out of Che's income that they were just burnt by showbiz the pilot never aired did it i don't think so so then where did she had that cameo money if she still wanted it none of those people knew her from television right what happened to that cameo money i don't know and also we're aiden just a couple logic questions which is fine with me because i think it's fabulous we're aiden and carrie because remember we we start into this episode where that woman's already gone on maternity leave and come back Okay, it's five weeks. We're eight. We're five we're, weeks. Yeah, it's five we're, weeks. Yeah. Out of nowhere, they didn't a tell bit. us a thing until we're Aiden and Carrie in a hotel for five weeks because that's like thirty thousand dollars, which I think is wonderful. But I'm just wondering if they spent that entire time in that hotel. Oh, right, because Matt, that would be Matt, five you were weeks. Talking ago. about this last episode, that finally Carrie is is acting. Rich yeah, and, it's and I don't mind it. She's finally just I getting rid it. of that shitty fucking apartment, and she's like buying a house on Gramercy right. Park, and she's staying in the Bowery Hotel for five, for five weeks. weeks. Like, thank you, finally. Hey, somebody got mad at me that I referred to it as Big's money because Carrie has made her own money as a best-selling author and everything, but like, I, I think the show has made a point of letting us know. 
specifically because of Big's death, Carrie is in a different uh, tax bracket. No, Carrie made a good makes a good living, but yeah. Big had wealth. You know exactly. Yeah. Carrie probably to live within her means would have to stay in the old apartment. Yeah, yeah. Um, without having you know inherited. Wait, so. Brian, well, what's your policy on being friends with exes? I definitely, I'm, listen, my policy is I am friends with one of my exes and enemies with none. But I think, let me put it this way. I am friendly with one of my exes. Like, if something funny happens, you know, we'll text each other and it's very nice, you know. Um, But I will say, I remember the last time I really looked at Carrie sideways like this was when she told, when in the original series, Big asked her, or Aiden asked her, can you stop being friends with Big? And she was like, I can't do that for you. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so shitty. And in, I sort of felt that way here too, where I thought this is, Che doesn't know, Selfish. Che doesn't know your apartment. You know, Steve has no connection yeah. to your apartment. Miranda, who by the way, is really becoming Miranda again. You know, she's yeah. I'm recognizing her more and more and more. She's one of your best friends. Just invite her and do not invite the exes. I think that's wild. You're Steve right. has to, you think Steve's ever, how about that? It's like, well, I guess Che has been to Carrie's apartment, have but they? do we think there is a world on or off screen in which Steve has been to Carrie's apartment? Not unless he was like delivering I, I, booze yeah. for, I, who knows? No, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. So if they've never been to your apartment, they don't need to be at your, at your last right. supper. It, yeah. Cause I, I do like to kind of take a scorched earth approach with exes. Not even as, not even about oh, really? in terms of like my own relationship with them, but a couple times the first thing I have said to someone when they broke up with me was stay away from my friends. Cuz it's like you don't get to enjoy the spoils of my life if you have chosen to not have me in it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And also who what adult makes new friends? You know, especially an ex you know like my exes is all of a sudden the person you need to like spend it just it it doesn't make any sense i do like carrie and che though i like when they are together i like their dynamic i'm happy when i'm in those scenes with them i think they have a nice rapport they i think recognize each other's wit Mm -hmm. i definitely appreciate che more than i ever have yeah i do too i mean you know Seeing that glimpse we got of Che's old stand-up um, when they were presenting as a, a woman, you know, again, in terms of the actual material, is it for me? No, but to be clear, Sara Ramirez is great. I, you know, not liking Che's comedy material is a very different conversation than do I like Che as right. a character? I do, you know, and they're set about Miranda. I have some notes yeah. on it. But I like that scene, Miranda confronting Che outside. Me too. I also feel like Gen Z just figured out that Sada Ramirez was a Broadway star before she was, before yeah. they were Che. Yeah. Um, and that, like, in the last week, they found, like, Shrek the Musical or the- Spam-a-lot. The, the, I was, yeah. Spam-a-lot. And they're like, Che Diaz can sing. I'm like, that's cute. Yeah, just found, we've, just we've, known, we've been we here do. for years. I do have to say, though, in light of the stand-up, I'm especially surprised that Carrie would invite Che. It's one thing to leave on good terms and then invite somebody. It's another thing to truly... I mean, Carrie was a witness to Che really demolishing her. Yes. Yeah, you're so right. Che does... I agree, actually. This is actually a very... We we weren't thinking about this. this I mean, that was mean. It's it's one thing to to have invited them 
you know, after they broke up. F- fine. They're friends. Right. Harry was friends with them before. But after after that brutal I mean, just punch out that brutal yeah to then still be <laughs> saying you need to come and sit you know sit at my dinner yeah. party yeah yeah it's true the idea of getting in trouble with someone for talking about them in your material is that something that has ever happened to either of you uh, have you have you ever gotten into trouble as a performer for talking about someone? Have you ever been on the receiving end of that? I've been asked specifically not to talk about pe- certain people, like in my stand-up or in just my writing or anything, and I, I never would. Uh, if someone asked me to, I wouldn't. It wasn't because you had been doing it and no. someone was like, hey. But that's not my kind stop. of thing anyways, to like rake somebody over the coals. I mean, it's a funny anecdote that I think mm-hmm. then that's one thing, but. I don't know. I uh, I've only been told like, please don't talk about me in your work, and I'm like, okay, I won't. Yeah, that's it though. And and, and would you have otherwise ha- had this person not? I mean, wanted it. I don't think the only like, did they, were, were the stories that good. Not even really. I mean, that most of the crazy shit from my thing comes from like my family or my friends who I always ask first. Um, I'm telling the story in this way, or like I'm writing this thing. You're a character in it. Do you want to read it? Um. Unless someone was super egregious and mean, I guess maybe I would. Maybe not by name, but I'd never have otherwise. I have done it quite a bit, but I have always changed their names. Well, then also um, I've seen you do it and it's funny and it's not, at least what I've seen when you've done it, it's not just fucking slicing someone's throat open, you know? No, although... Do you ask for permission or beg for forgiveness when you do it? Neither. I guess I have had to beg for forgiveness. With a family member, we had a falling out once that I, yeah, it wasn't great. You know, it wasn't my best moment. But I also feel like that, I think it's Anne Lamott who says, like, if people don't want you to write about them, they should behave better. Right. I kind of believe that. That's a very Carrie thing to say. Yeah, thank you. It's unapologetic. These are my friends too. Come to my mm-hmm. party. So before we get to Aiden, let's just run through the other odds and ends. We've got Charlotte's work story. We got our Sam Smith cameo. I thought it was fun seeing mm-hmm. Charlotte drunk out with her her colleagues. God, I wish she'd move into that gallery, to be honest. I can't stand that family anymore. I, I, I And it's not even <laughs> that they're bad or annoying characters, but just like you think about a woman in that family life and you're like, yeah, go fucking live at your job. That sounds awful. Yeah. I would hate to come home to... Because they're at that age where the mother's the biggest villain of all. And it's like, God damn it. Leave me alone. And I love her being back at a gallery because if you remember like early into the series, she had one of the coolest, most aspirational jobs and like sexiest jobs. Yeah. Like she worked at a really cool, she was, you know, like she was a gallerina in at a moment where that was the coolest thing you could do much more than PR that Samantha did or law that Miranda did like this. She sort of had the, 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 the cachet job. And so then for her character to be all about Trey and, you know, Muffy and doing the sort of waspy yeah. wife thing to now have her back, you know, selling Alex Israel's was, I think, just to, to see her back in her element. And Kristen Davis looks amazing. This episode especially, she looked amazing. She did. Speaking of jobs, I don't understand what Miranda's new job is. She went to the U.N., 
this is some sort of human rights law. How did she move in with her thing? professor? Like, I missed that I also, too. <laughs> again, was that five weeks later? That, well, that's like, been a that lot longer be than five weeks. But like you, that's, is that kosher? Great. Well, she's not her professor anymore, but it's not kosher because Miranda doesn't have a, a bathroom. She doesn't even have her own, right. own a, a real bedroom. Oh God, that shocked Karen Pittman me. is being done dirty though. I agree. Like her, I, I think everyone else, I'm really into how vibrant like the characters are, uh, like the, our new characters, like our new friends that we're meeting in this series, except I just like this, the weird grudge she has against her ex-husband and buying the most expensive thing on the registry. It's, it's, it's not very, very likable. There's not a lot that's what do likable. You th- we haven't seen the moment. What do you think of that move, of buying the most expensive thing on the registry? Do you think that was the way to burn it down? I, I couldn't decide. I actually went back and forth about whether or not that was baller or really strange. Super strange. I mean, as, some, as someone who's had things bought for them on a registry for kids, I'm not like really worried about who you know, I'm not thinking of the person who bought, you know, like registries are a relatively anonymous right. thing where like you kind of, you know, like who paid for it, I guess, if you go on like the database, but like ultimately a thing arrives at your You house, didn't send like, thank you cards? Like, when? No. Well, Nick, then that's. Because you just had a baby. Well, I was no problem, wonder because right? I thought it got lost in the mail, by the way. Because I say very expensive. Yeah, no, I I didn't, but I just don't think I think that it's not going to hit the way she wants yeah. it to hit, and to sort of be as as pervasive yeah. or, or like, you know, a sh- overshadowing their relationship or something. I just think she's going to be like, oh my god, someone bought the most expensive right. thing on my registry. Yeah, you're right. Like, and I would have done the exact like, same a- thing as her and been like, wait yeah. till she fucking opens this. <laughs> But yeah, it's just a trans. It's just and like, it's like when you're like checking the, the registry like every right. day. Yeah, exactly. Sorting by price, and you're like, "Fuck, someone yes! bought it. We got the fancy. Yeah. Yes, check it off the list." Yeah, Karen Pittman is. I don't think they have allowed her out of the house since like that no. episode when she was in LTW's documentary, and then she went out to lunch with Carrie and Charlotte. But ever since then, she has pretty much been locked up in that apartment in like a dark room either in bed or like eating cereal at like a bench yeah she's making her souffle she's having sex with the guy from tinder mm-hmm. yes yeah, she, yeah she's um she's really locked away side I- note Seema's new boyfriend is the former bouncer from bungalow eight like in real Sorry, life in so, I, I know we've been doing a lot of crisscrossing through universes uh the real life in real life the bouncer for bungalow eight I guess became an actor and is now playing Seema's love I mean, that is why I love New York, to be so honest just with you. like that. Yeah, that's great. Wow. That's like a, that's a real, those who know, know kind of moment. Like the Alex Israel stuff and the Sam Smith. Like I like all, I, like that's where we're having fun again, right? Where like they're in a restaurant that we recognize getting a Magnolia cupcake or like whatever the sort of like winks are to us. And I like the, I liked that the bouncer from the, early 2000s nightclub is wow back that's do you, and do you know that because he used to bounce you out of <laughs> yeah uh my friends and i yeah i was like that's our mean wow i am happy that seem is falling in love although i did hope he wouldn't stick around but it seems he's going to robbie right i was just enjoying her single life yeah i'm with you and he's he's not a safe space the director of this movie no, is not a no. safe space for these no, fans. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. And the other thing I would say is 
I have a few friends who are real estate agents and one thing that will piss off and probably ruin a relationship with a friend who's a real estate agent is if you sell your house, you don't give them the listing. I've seen like, and so the whole scene, Carrie basically giving away her Upper West Side apartment to her downstairs neighbor, you know, obviously cut Seema not getting a piece. I guess Seema's happy because she did the she did the sale on Gramercy the Park house house but like yeah so she can't really complain but like I that could be a moment where Sima would be you know yeah no maybe that that could drive a wedge maybe there's more to be revealed there let's talk about Aiden before I let you go I think we've all been feeling that this you know was too good to be true something was going to happen that that damn Wyatt was going to get something in the way. about Wyatt something about Wyatt and we have to talk about Wyatt sure enough he came in and fucking talk about driving a wedge how are we feeling about all things Aiden Brian I like Carrie single I I think the way the show should have ended to begin with was talking about her love for the city and her love for herself I've always thought that and so Aiden I like better than big I think but also I like her better with Carrie. I haven't, let me put it this way. I have not met the perfect man for our girl. There's not a man <laughs> out there so far who is good enough for Carrie, in my estimation. So I like Aiden. I like that we got to see him again. I like that they reconnected. I love that we got to see that jacket. But I think I'm good with Aiden being with Wyatt, who I did love was the was the ex-wife. She's fantastic. Oh, Rosemary DeWitt. She's so fabulous. But uh, yeah, I'm good with with Carrie being Carrie. I I like that she's feeling lighter this season, and I want to continue down that path. I do too. Nick, are you a big team Aiden guy? I wasn't because I, and what I feel like they talk about in this episode is Aiden always wanted to change who Carrie was. He like he wa- she had to stop smoking. Like a big, the reason we kind of tolerated big is because he wasn't, like that he didn't really care about her life or her friends you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so we didn't have to really worry about him because he wasn't changing our carry and aiden was like you know you can't smoke you have to get into the outdoor you know everything that you know and so you know i i I think also that the stuff about norfolk is probably written by someone who's never been to virginia south of the mason dixon line probably um because i'm like we're acting like it's like all chickens and and, right, know, it is like uh, the barns. right. There are like cities. <laughs> yeah, I believe there's like universities right. in Norfolk. You know, it's it's more of a college town than the chicken coop. Um, but yeah, so that's my you know I I like I was felt safer with Big because he wasn't gonna mess with our stories. And was it weird for you to see because you you famously have that Aiden jacket and wear it. Uh, every day yeah. right it must have been strange for you to see that represented on screen yeah well it was validating because yeah. here i've been it's all summer sweating in yeah. that jacket, <laughs> waiting for attention you know, in the los angeles heat and everyone thinking i'm crazy and then there it goes i i i'm missing john corbett got too skinny yeah he looks good though i mean in his in his he tiny looks white great, he's in but his he's, 60s he, i know but his whole thing was like being this you know, working with right. this, you know, furniture. Regular guy. Like, there was something that, like, and big hands. And now he's so fit that he 
you know, it's he almost feels a little fragile. And then having him sob hysterically, you know, only drove that point home to me. But hold on. But what do we think? What is Wyatt? What's going to happen? He's going to be like, you know, my kids need me. I have to. Will you move to Norfolk? And she's going to say, fuck off. Or I think so, so too. Or I guess there could be a world. I want to know if she's waiting for him at this dinner party or if at the very end he manages to show up in the apartment, which would be huge. I've got a prediction there. What do you think? If you'd like to hear it. I would. We made a real point. Let us know. 16 seats, 15 people invited, one seat for him. He kind of hints that maybe he will consider Why coming into the apartment come? because the yeah, he, <laughs> Aiden's not going to show That's up, Wyatt. but Wyatt's going to show No, my prediction is going to be that she, she is still holding out hope that he's going to show up because he's hinted at it. And last minute, everybody's gathered. Che... <laughs> Carrie's best friend Steve is there. <laughs> Everybody is at one table. You know, Seema and Ravi, all of them are there. We're sitting down. Aiden's not showing up. Yeah. And Carrie's like, oh my God, I knew it. You know, I'm I'm at a lot. What a year. Like I've lost everything. <gasps> Big. Oh, I like where this is going. Oh my God, I'm ring, getting chills. Ring. I'm getting chills. Totally. Totally. Honey, guess where I am? Totally. And just like that, Samantha <laughs> took the 16th seat. And then... We don't get to watch. Matt, if you ran for president right now, you'd have my vote just based on all of that that you just weaved together. I think you're right. I think, by the way, if that's not how it goes, it should be how it goes. Yeah. Basically, every week I make a prediction about this and then the next week it's kind of wrong. Right. But then I sort of bend the truth a little bit to <laughs> make it seem as if I've been right every way. So I'm sure I'll be terribly wrong. But I mean, those are my predictions and and. And prayers. Do we think that Kim Cattrall will get a producer credit on the final episode that she appears in? Oh, that's interesting. I think they said, what do you want? I think she's getting a title card at the t- it's Cattrall Productions. Yeah. <laughs> but what did she what, what did she want? So what was the dollar amount? I think it had to have been. I think it was one million. Convinced? It was. I, I think that's what I've read. I don't know. I was going to say it had to have been at least a million dollars. for. And by the way, it probably took her, what, 10 minutes to shoot? I mean, maybe like yeah. an hour or two for hair and yeah. makeup and then 10 minutes to shoot. They're like, you don't have to interact. Right. With it's her. just a FaceTime call, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's a couple hours, you know, drinking with Pat in the dressing right. room. Yeah. And in the trailer. Talking shit. Glamorous. Yeah. yeah. Go out there, do it. And we, there's only one angle. We don't need coverage right. on this one. It's just one shot. <laughs> is is uh, episode 11 the f- that is the final, yes. ep- the final episode? Yes. So that is the that has to be our answer for how why the phone call why the why Matt call. oh my god I got chills again she's in town yeah. there's a seat for her at the at the table you know which symbolically oh, is you, no she, oh, you think Samantha's in in town oh yeah I think she's calling and she's in town and we're not going to see her sit down at the table obviously but I think that she's going to call any chance right when any chance there's a an Easter egg we don't know about. Is there any chance she walks into the scene? Oh, can you imagine? Because they no. kept saying, we've got to keep this so tight. We're Brian, so don't upset. Do this to me. Don't do They kept this saying, we're so me. upset. This got out. This got out. Maybe, maybe something didn't get out. That's oh my God. Oh nice. God. It doesn't, it doesn't even right. feel it's not safe fair to, bring to out. hope for this, but <laughs> I, no, I no, forget no, it. No, I, no. There's I want no way it I'm so right. badly. I know me too. But no, so I don't think she's in town. I think that she's in London, or and I think that they literally just put the phone in the seat where like and Samantha's phone, you know, like 
like the FaceTime with Samantha on screen becomes oh, like the they put that in the sixteenth chair. Guest. That's yeah. interesting. I wonder how Kim would feel about that. It's like, okay, so you don't physically have to be right. basically your AI. I was going to say this is like <laughs> just like that is now pro AI because maybe they could use Samantha. Yeah. I'm so grateful to you for being here, for sharing your wisdom, your insights. And Just Like Matt is a WOW podcast production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. If you've got a burning question about a relationship or friendship problem, or really anything Sex in the City adjacent, just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at andjustlikematt at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on the show with my very fancy guests. 